Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life weekend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. We are in weekend 13 or in week 13, approaching weekend 13 and actually an unlucky number, I suppose. And we are asked to stay at home. Um, I don't need to refresh uh, the news about uh, what's going on in the world. And uh, I hope you're all safe and healthy at home and I appreciate you tuning in to listen to our program. Meanwhile, we have a lot, a lot of recordings. In fact, we have about 140 recordings in our archive. So feel free to browse around uh, in all the episodes from the last two years if you are somewhat bored and uh, you want to learn about our area and uh, the people that make a difference here. In this week's episode, we were able to interview the fire chief of Detroit Lakes, Ryan Swanson. He has been with us once before in a different uh, role. He's also a breeder of our um, small Munsterländer breed of Oscars, and he was with us a couple years back. So now he is uh, the fire chief, and I always wanted to learn about uh, volunteering fire department and what that all means, uh, how, how it's set up, how it works, how much help they need and how much they are needed and relevant for our safety in our community. And in fact, I suppose with uh, what's going on in the world right now and we have time to reflect and actually um, think about what our contribution is maybe and how much uh, we live together and how much it's important to be a strong community. Maybe this is actually a very great moment to air this. Um, and uh, I hope you will enjoy it and learn something. And maybe you get inspired to make a difference in the future too and join the fire department. So I don't want to keep this much longer um, before this interview starts. Please also feel free to browse to our website, lakelifeweekend.com. We are posting some articles uh, and there's lots to find, uh, some recipes uh, that you may want to try at home while you have the time and all those kinds of things. Email us, uh, start a dialogue, go to our Facebook page, let us know what you're doing, let us know what you're thinking. Some happy notes maybe, um, how much you're looking forward to the spring and getting out again, enjoying lake life or send us some of your pictures any kind of dialogue is appreciated right now. So we hope to enrich uh, the time that you stay home and stay safe. We wish you all the best uh, in health and um, you continue to listen to our program. So now enjoy our interview with Fire Chief Ryan Swanson from Detroit Lakes. Thank you for tuning in.
Welcome to our interview part. I'm here with Ryan Swanson. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Dirk. Thank you for coming back because you have been here last year um, speaking about Bertha and your breeding of the small Munsterlander dog breed, like our Oscar. Yes. Uh, but now, um, since this January, very recently, you have an additional role for the community. You are the new fire chief for Detroit Lakes. That is correct. And actually, I wanted to speak uh, about the fire department and the responsibilities and learn more about it uh, uh, years ago. And I never was able to get my hands on the fire chief before. And since I knew you, I approached you. And thank you for coming again. Well, thanks for the invite. Yes. Um, so to explain why I think it's so important uh, to speak about it, um, I'm not sure if everybody is aware that it's a full volunteering uh, organ organized uh, fire department. Yes, um, where a lot of people get mis, uh, um, misled mis or, mis or ideas is uh, like the city of Detroit Lakes, the city of Perm where we're in now, it's uh, all volunteer. There's nobody at the fire station. Um, you know, everybody's at their own job, um, living their, their life regular. And then when there's a page of, for service, they all carry a pager on them and then they get paged out and they all come running. They so. come running. Yep. And um, when I moved to the area and I uh, really am very uneducated about the processes because we usually always just think of police or we are confronted more with police cars than fire trucks, which is kind of good because we don't want the fires. However, it's a very relevant component to our daily lives because the fire department does not only uh, rescue the kitty in the tree like in an old comic book um, you save lives uh, you protect our real property and then you also emergency responders you're coming out when there are significant um, accidents and 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 I want to learn more about all the roles that the department carries But also, I really want to spotlight that in a community like Detroit Lakes, where we are yeah, almost 10,000 people, let's say, as at least nine, and then in the summers <coughs> more, I thought it was actually somewhat scary or definitely something that we may want to address, that, it, that we are asking and taking advantage of all the volunteering work only, where maybe there should be a budget item and it should be a paid seller like we need a protection for all of those services that we are getting kind of for free right now so there's a lot of community members that may not even be aware of that we are piggy banking on the neighbor's choice to donate their time and i'm talking a lot but mm -hmm. this is all in my head at all times and now there's my outlet and i appreciate you coming and spotlighting this with me and talking about it But before we uh, deep dive on Detroit Lakes, maybe um, tell us more. How did that all work? Maybe a little history. When, if you know, when was the fire department? When was that all organized? 1850. How did that all work with fire protection in our communities? If you know about it, uh, um, do you have like how did that work? Like when was that all invented? Invented and and how is it structured? How many helpers do we have? And How is that like that a small community like Perm and then a bigger one like Detroit Lakes doesn't have salaried? Help us a little bit actually come to this, how, how that all is set up, maybe. 
for the lay. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of lot of things we're we're going to be talking about there, but uh, yeah, a little so. bit of, of the history. Um, I'm not totally on on dates, um, but uh, you know, obviously the the fire brigades back in the day were created because of um, a fire would break out in town and they'd burn the town to ground. Um, so they had to have some type of a resource to stop this. You know, back then there was a lot of bucket group brigades that you'd actually hear of. You know, um, you know. What is that? Is that really get, like a get a horse get, wagon with water and then buckets? Yeah, I mean that's where originally it started, and then they went with uh, steam engines that were powered by or run by horses, and then um, then they could actually charge a line and create some pressure on it, and you know start putting water on it. So, um, you know, back in the early days, nobody went in. They would surround the area, put water in from the windows. You know, the, the, the gear, the technology, all that stuff was not there to make it safe for an individual to go in and fight a fire inside. Inside a, pro a structure. Now, yeah, now obviously we're talking 1900s here, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, since in the last, you know, 50 years, obviously technology has really increased and stuff like that, and the gear has gotten better. Um, so people can actually go in and fight the fire from the inside out instead of trying to fight the fire from the outside in and protecting just neighboring structures. But that's what happened first. We want to condemn it, kind of control it, <coughs> I guess, and, and let it go back in 1870, yep. not to burn the whole town down, just maybe a little part. One block. <laughs> One block, yeah. yeah. really? Yeah, so try to try to control it to a block or a store, and, and um, where now we're trying to control it to a room, you know. Get in, get in, get it out, and then, so. Okay, so let's, uh, uh, yeah, let's do this. Because we we hear this, for example, let's talk Fargo maybe for a split second mm -hmm. because there was this big fire. Yeah. In, I don't know, 1873 or um, a little later maybe. But it destroyed all downtown. Something like this happened in Detroit Lakes as well? Um, yeah, DL's had some pretty significant oh, right, fires. by the hotel and you things. know, down in in uh, the early days, and even as as back as far as you know, my dad was the past chief of DL, and even in his time, there was some major downtown fires. But uh, um, you know, they were able to keep those to a building or two, which is still half a city block. But it's not; they didn't lose the whole block or the whole you know whole downtown portion of the city. So, so when we look at 1870, uh, in those small communities, it was volunteer. We had a horse. We had some sort of a big tank arrive, and you called it bucket. That before we had pressure, we were very limited. When did the fire hydrant arrive, and and how can we connect to that? How does all that stuff play uh, into the city and fire hydrants? I don't know the date when they came about. Um, obviously, there's a lot that goes into the whole fire hydrant theory with. Um, how much water can your city supply? How big are, are are your wells? You know, you take the city of Callaway, which isn't that far from us, um, but they're in a lot of clay soil, so their water doesn't filter or fill back into the well as fast. So uh, a, a city like Callaway can't keep the water tower full if a fire department's pulling water out of a hydrant real fast. So they'll actually drain the tower out. Um, so even in town, we get into situations where we have to haul water um, with tenders, we call them tenders now in the fire service, not tankers, because the federal government said tankers fly. There's only a few airplanes in the world or, that are, but that's what they said. So all the fire departments had to change their terminology from tankers to tenders. 
Um, but yeah, we can have a fire in town and we'll be hauling water from neighboring communities, from lakes, from rivers. Um, because the tower cannot, the wells cannot keep up. Isn't that interesting? I just threw the fire hydrant out and, yeah. and we are like in a house uh, as a consumer and there's a plug-in and we plug in our phone and we're not thinking where the electricity is coming from. We see those fire hydrants and we believe they're under pressure and we believe there's endless water, but there isn't. There isn't, yes. There are, they are under pressure and so like for a house fire, stuff like that, there's obviously enough water there to take care of that type of a job. But in some communities, if it's a downtown fire, um, there's not enough water filling back in. In the city of Detroit Lakes, um, there's plenty of wells. The city has, I think, five to seven wells that are pumping into the, the water tower. So they can f put water in as fast as we're taking it out. I see. But other communities cannot. Wow, so, scary. Yep. Okay, so uh, I, I start to ask questions left and right. If we go back to history and uh, Detroit Lakes, it grew. Um, it was, how did that, how was it formed? Did somebody appoint some, how was the fire department in a city established? <coughs> like, a, like a rotary club? I mean, how did, how did that all come about? Um, well, obviously, you know, uh, a lot of communities are somebody had something bad happen. You know, this is obviously back in the early days, so they really went for a need, and then those people were the ones that originally got things going. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it they not happen again. So it didn't happen to my neighbor. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. I had it happen to me. I don't want it to happen to you. So let's put something together. Um, and then, you know, now nowadays it's more. Uh, you know, a lot of cities. Uh, Minnesota is actually a, a, a state that is very volunteer, paid on call, we call it, um, staffed heavy. We don't have a lot of full-time, solid career type uh, departments. Um, obviously the metro, there's the majority, but up in the rural community, it's it's all volunteer. It's your neighbors, it's your cousins, it's, it's you know, it's the guy at the end of your block, and, and, mm -hmm. and they're the ones getting up at three o'clock in the morning to come help you out when you're in a having a bad day so yeah so I always thought it was um, like community size which mandated then at a point a professional um, infrastructure like a like a paid at least that's how it is in Germany I don't know what the sizes are but I thought at some size of a city there must be full is that not so in Minnesota no, no. Oh, really you take like the city of Bloomington volunteer fire department really yeah they have a lot of people. Well, you because know, uh, like a lot Bloomington. of citizens, yeah. and then there's a lot of volunteers. Yeah. Uh, and, lucky. Then, mm. and then a lot of people in today's time will use the city of Bloomington um, where they want to go career. So they'll use that as a stepping stone. So they'll move into the into Bloomington, join their volunteer fire department, be on their fire department for three, four years, get some, uh, uh, get their feet on the ground in the job, and then they have some work experience, so then they can apply for St. Paul and get a full-time job, so. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. Um, for a city like Detroit Lakes, how many volunteer members do we have? Well, right now I just put another um, uh, probationary member on last night, um, so that's Perfect. gonna get us back up to 25. We do run a 30-person roster, um, but 
We've had a lot of turnover lately with uh, you know people taking jobs out of the area, some retirements, stuff like that. So um, it's been a lot harder the last couple of years to keep to a, recruit? F a full roster. Okay. Um, the, uh, the, the sense of uh, volunteering doesn't seem to be there like it used to. And I don't understand that. But, um, you know, I talked to the JCs the other day. They're struggling to find new members. You know, we've been struggling to find new members. Um, you know, so it's... Uh, so giving back or giving to the community is something outdated? I, I'm, it feels, it's it scary. feels like I mean, that. I, it's I, scary. It's, but it's, it's feeling that that's becoming a thing of the past. Um, it's the, I mean, the individual we put on last night is 36 years old. Um, not, not, 22. Not, not 22 and you know it's uh, it's uh, yeah it's unfortunate I mean yeah. like now we can get into a rabbit hole on analyzing and I don't want to say these Millennials because I have a lot of Millennials that I work with and which are very ambitious and actually very thoughtful so mm -hmm. I don't want to put stamps on people's forehead but okay it's evident that we are, have shrinking community involvement mm -hmm. it seems um, which is alarming, uh, I, I find, um, because the risk doesn't shrink. Our, we are growing, our communities Correct. are growing, and we need even more support. So we, we are actually missing 20%, so we need five more people mm -hmm. to have a full roster for a city of 8,500. And that's the city, and then like the city of Detroit Lakes, we cover our to three townships. So we're actually covering... 15, 16,000 people through for our fire department and we're trying to do it with a 30 person roster. So it uh, you know being the, the county seat like Detroit Lakes is, yeah. obviously that's where a lot of stuff happens. There's a lot of traffic to DL. Um, you know, so we are I mean we're running close to 300 fire calls a year. Um, almost one a day. Almost one a day. Really? As, as a volunteer organization. So it does put a lot of strain on your everyday life, your job, your boss has to be really on board, um, you know, things like that. You know, when I joined 16 years ago, uh, a lot of the department was built up of uh, uh, tradespeople. A lot of them were self-employed, you know, plumbers, electricians, uh, garage door guys, you know, stuff like that where they could just take the time and go do it. The one thing that you have to remember is when they're fighting a fire, they're not installing a garage door they're not making any money either. So there's there's a lot more than just volunteering their time that volunteer firefighters give up. We then we pay for it. I mean, eventually somebody pays for it. If it's you know, the entrepreneur, he willingly yes. puts his own money and time in yep. it. Or if or if a business owner, yep. like your business, you, you, you somebody pays. Correct. Um, okay, so now we we learned we need five more <laughs> volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, now let's go maybe, I know where you're located, um, maybe go a little technical. So we have this big building, I think it's three overhead doors or four. How many machinery is in there? How How is a fire department equipped? So what does it need? What does it have? Like, Tell us a little bit more about so that. So at our fire hall, I have six bays in the front and four in the back. Oh. Yeah. So uh, we, s we have a, uh, a, a heavy rescue. So our heavy rescue obviously is going to do our jaws calls, our extrications, our trench collapse, our, our grain bins, if somebody's trapped in a grain bin. Um, pretty much uh, anything that's not fire related type of a call, 
Um, so 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 uh, cutting material, uh, cutting tools, and yeah, airbags and cutting tools and chop saws and it's um, a whole truck filled with equipment. Yes. And I want to talk monies in a little bit too, because we all have to buy, like if we have 10 bays and 10 vehicles, I guess maybe we have a value of like $5 million of equipment plus, I guess. But let's go in that too, because we have to buy all that too. That's why we have those fundraisers, I assume. No, or, no. Well, yeah, that's a different yeah. different topic. But uh, so, um, but yeah, so like with the rescue truck, then we we have a ladder. We have an aerial truck that goes, you know, ours is a 102 footer. Um, so it'll extend out 102 feet. Um, How high can it go? Well, you can run it up to about uh, 87 degrees, so almost 90, Holy and then straight up 102 feet. Oof. So um, I'm scared you, of heights. You wouldn't want to be up there. Then. I don't, don't want to. <laughs> so that wouldn't be good for you, Dirk. Um, and then we have a city engine and a rural engine. What's and the difference? And the difference there is our city engine is designed to hook up to a hydrant. Ah, uh, sure. Our pump, big it, pump. Does it they, they have, everything has pumps on it except for the rescue. Um, so the city engine has hose already set up on it to hook to a hydrant. So we can, what we call a tag a hydrant, come in, tag the hydrant, and we have water coming from the city. The rural truck carries a portable tank that we set on the ground. And then it's got a hard hose that we will put in the tank. And then we can draw the water out. You um, unload the tank? Yeah, we unload the tank, put it on the ground, and then the tenders back up to it and dump their water in it. Oh, you need two vehicles? Uh, yeah. Ah, yeah. One comes with the water, one comes with the tank. Well, yeah, so our, our trucks all have a 1,000 gallons of water on them already. So we initially, when the first truck gets there, we pull the hose off. We have a 1,000 gallons to attack it with. The idea is, or the theory is, that that water is going to sustain us, hopefully long enough, while they get the tank set up and get more water dumped in it and then we start doing a cycle. So then we'll have, uh, the, then the tender will leave. They will go to a water source, which normally we have a, a utility or a brush truck sitting at the water source. Which is a pond where they which a pond. pump it out. Yep, so they, they've already augered a hole through it for us in the winter time. We have ice, so they've already augered a hole. They got a pump out on the lake and then they'll pump the water up to the road, fill the tender back up and then keep everybody going in circles. Um, in, in the rural community, it's what we got to do. I mean, there's there's no no good water at your home if you don't live in the city, and we'll bring in mutual aid from neighboring towns to help haul water. Um, we go to neighboring towns to help them haul water. Uh, it's it's what Quite we got to do. Process. Yeah, a lot of machinery. Yes. Yeah. And people need it. Takes a lot of resources. Yeah. So we have that is uh, uh, one, two, three, four five engines or machines what is in the other bay so so we have the two engines the city engine the rural engine the ladder truck the rescue truck then we have a backup engine because stuff breaks oh, a nothing, backup. nothing runs forever I see I mean if it's in the shop and we have a call I still need a truck sure and so we have two yeah yeah and then we have uh, a tender something to haul the water so then that's gonna contain in my front base that's my first six bays ah. the back side uh, in the city of Dial, I'm going to have uh, two, two bays are wash or uh, uh, brush trucks for grass fires because obviously we get a field on fire. We don't take the big trucks out there because they'll just get stuck. So we have, so pick, we have pickups. We ah. have pickups with smaller tanks, smaller pumps that we can get out there and, and fight the grass fires with. 
And then I have a, a hose truck, which is carries about 900 feet of hydrant hose on, because obviously the fire hydrants are only on the corners. And if you're halfway down the city block, I gotta get the two hooked together. So I carry 900 feet on a hose truck, which is just is a pickup with a flatbed. And then the hose truck will lay the hose between. So, so it, it, it takes a lot of resources to get it all put together and, um, and moving. And, and obviously, uh, as fast as we like it to happen, it, it, it's not just snap the fingers and it's done. You know, it does, it does take time. To so, set up, to, to start to fight yeah, the fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a fire grows doubles in size every minute, so obviously really? we're in a rush trying to get this done because the faster we get it done, the less the fire builds. Uh, there are so many questions that I have, uh, uh, and also like brush fires. Okay, so we have those warnings that when we pass by, hey, don't do campfires. Like, that's what happens at a brush fire that can escalate and take over a whole field or even go into a woods in the in the summer, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing before I forget that, and I don't have anything to write down, but um, we have, I think, a high responsive. Uh, fire department meaning you're extremely quick like within a minute or within three minutes or there's certain criteria and then we have like an a rating or fill us in like there's a certain rating <coughs> that we have as a city of detroit lakes and then we are really really good and i think that has consequences if we lose that it has consequences on our risk and our uh, insurances can you f yep you know where i'm leading so yep. how does that all work so um The, it's ISO rating is what you're talking about. And the city of Detroit Lakes, um, every city gets an ISO rating. So what's that rated off is, um, how good is your fire department? How good are your hydrants? How good is your communication system? How good is everything? And We're then audited so it's, as a community. It's a, it's a community. It's and, an audit. And it all comes together and they give us a rating. Um, so, you know, the first thing that, that um, people forget about is, When you call 911, it takes somebody time to enter the information. It's, it's not 10 seconds. It's two minutes, realistically. So you call, you report your, your emergency. They type it in, and then they have to... Communicate Then they somewhere. have to page it out and then tell us about it. So we're already about a minute and a half to two minutes behind. From the phone call? From, from the initial phone call. Mm. So now... Um, they send a page out. So in the city of Detroit Lakes, they send a page out. So that means if, if it's three o'clock in the morning, I have 30 people sleeping, they all get out of bed, get dressed, get in their cars, and drive to the fire hall. Uh, normally speaking, I can have a truck out in about three to four minutes. Is our, is our, and that's it in the middle of the night. Response time. Response time. Yeah. That's, that's five individuals that have gotten up, got to the fire hall, gotten dressed in their turnout gear, and got in a truck and got the truck out of the station in five from minutes. From the phone call? Yep. Yeah, well, no, from, from the, the page. Message. From the page. From the page. So Still. now we're at three to four minutes there, plus those two. So now we're at six minutes. Mm. And now they have to drive to wherever they're going. Mm. So if you're out by Cotton Lake, for say, we have a 10-minute drive. Yeah, we can. Now mm. we're at 18 minutes. It just starts escalating. So um, as... And the, the worst part is, is when there's a fire or something like that, and being a chief, I'd go right to the scene. Ah, when, you head straight. Yeah, when I'm sitting there waiting for it, it does feel like eternity. 
I mean, you you know what the 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 people that are needing your call of service are like. When are they coming? Even though it's only taken realistic time, it feels like eternity when you are standing there. It's you just watch it destroy everything. Yep. I mean, sometimes it does, and other times, it uh, you know a lot of the things is ventilation. Fire needs air, and if you leave a door open, that's air. It it's feeds. an airflow. And then it just starts feeding it and build it. So the more you can keep the stuff shut down, the less it will build, the better chance we have of saving more stuff. Oh, so, okay, interesting. Yeah. So now we, we know how fast or how long it takes, but how fast we can be. So I understand that the city of Detroit Lakes is actually extremely fast in that response. We are very responsive, mm -hmm. correct? And we have a certain rating. Like I think one of the best no not the best um but we are at about i think a four okay. um, we don't have enough water we don't have the enough radio we don't have enough all that stuff to get to a one it just isn't going to be possible um so the city of dl i believe we're at an iso rating of a four so what happens with that if if our um call time gets slower uh we get rid of an engine our backup engine let's say we the city decides they don't need it we sell it um, then we lose our pumping capabilities. So then all of a sudden we ended at a five or a six just because of what we've done. Well, what happens then is your I, the city's ISO rating goes up from a four to a six. Most people go, well, what does that do to me? It affects your insurance. Your insurance, pay, you pay a, uh, a discount, you get a discount because of how good your fire department is. A property so, insurance. Property insurance. And it's, it's more for... Um, Obviously, people that live close to the fire hall, because once you get out into the rural, it's too far away. You, it just it is what it is. But for the city, the city businesses, the residents of the city, the, the ones out of a couple miles are the ones really benefiting from this. So if that fire department rating drops, your homeowner's insurance goes up. Mm. So it gets into a pay me now, pay me later. You know, we need the taxes. We need the tax money to in, to keep the fire departments funded. To afford uh, the to machinery. A, to afford the machinery, which I know you want to go on the finance side. Mm -hmm. And if we don't fund the department or we decide to take equipment out of the budget and say we're not going to replace it, then those numbers fall off. Well, then now you as a homeowner, you pay more on not the tax side. Now you're paying more for homeowner's insurance. So now you're on the pay me later. You know, so it, it, and it's not as easy to get those numbers back as it is to lose, to maintain them. To, to maintain them. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that is like the most critical thing. And I, uh, that's why I like to do this deep dive and actually um, discuss a couple items. One is we need help to have response, res to be responsive fast enough. And then I think we need enough funding. Like a city like Detroit Lakes, where we are very wealthy in a way, I suppose, or we have a wealthy community, let's call it. And then I'm afraid not enough people know about, like we see the fire department, <coughs> we think of it, I mean, we accept it. We see the fire hydrant, but we never question the pressure. <laughs> we, we just think, oh, there's the fire, you know, where's the hose? You know, how this, it's right there. It's like the, so, so I think we, what can we do? Like uh, uh, the city, <coughs> I think you mentioned, has not increased the budget for almost a decade. 
right? Like the support, the financial support from the city of Detroit Lakes the, has not been growing according to inflation even. Correct. And that's, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of growth there, um, that type of stuff, but it's 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 not growing as with the rate of the gear Cost. and the trucks and everything else. And obviously, um, you know, part of the stuff that, that uh, is, is well, where's the money going to come from? You know, at the end of the day, if you have a tra- tragedy, um, you're thankful that the firemen show up. Everybody that I've talked to, whether it's at in the you know another area that ha- has had a fire at one time, they're like, oh, I'm so thankful the guys came. They did a nice job. Well, it takes money to have that equipment sitting there. Yes, it doesn't get taken out every day. City of Detroit Lakes, we take it out almost every day. City of Frazee, not so much. Audubon, not so much. But it still takes a lot of money to have that stuff sitting there. So available. That's available. Awesome. And that's what taxes are for. Um, and I had a really uh, interesting past chief tell me one time, he goes, you have to look at the fire department like an insurance company. You have to pay your insurance. When you get in a car accident, you have to pay the, the, the deductible. So your, your taxes in a lot of areas pay for the equipment to be there. But then when you have a fire call, they charge you a fire call fee and that is just to offset the expenses, the diesel fuel that needs to burn in the trucks, you know, the maintenance, that type of stuff. That's that's what that money is, is is you is your deductible. So, um, mm. so it's a you know it's a different thinking. And once he, that fire chief kind of explained his thinking on me, I was like, well, that does make a lot of sense, you know, um, just because you pay the taxes, and the equipment sits there if if it's needed there's going to be a fee to associate with it in a lot of additional areas. Additional charge. I mean, there's yeah. additional cost, just the availability cost and then yep. the usage. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. of course. No. Is is the city, like, are we, what are, are we missing equipment? Like, uh, we're missing already staff. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And I think they do get a compensated a little bit, right? I mean, they... Our staff? Like, do we get a little, if we go out or is there some <coughs> sort of a, a small incentive payback let's call it or so, stipend or um not as much as the guys would like in the city of detroit lakes so we get um a we basically we have a pot of money and at the end of the day we take the the fire calls for the year how many firefighters showed up to them we divide it all out and then how many you showed up if you were a firefighter dirk we would say okay well we had uh, 250 calls and we had this many firefighters show up, and it averaged out that you get six dollars a call, and you made a hundred calls, so you get six hundred bucks. That's what you get for the year in in the city of DL, which you think about it, isn't a lot. Um, one thing eventually I'm going to push for after I get the the gear all where it needs to be, is an hourly rate. So when these individuals that are self-employed or work for an employer. Um, that the employer won't pay them when they go on a fire call, they are still receiving some type of financial uh, benefit to to do this job. I mean, assistance. Uh, yeah, at, kind at, of. At, at the end of the day, if the city of Detroit Lakes, the city of Perm, um, had to go full time fire because nobody was showing up anymore, you would see a a huge increase in taxes. Imagine. Because imagine you would strike. 
Well, be just yeah. I mean, not that we are. We, 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 yeah. But like, well, if if some people had to wake up, like, where's the fire department? Yeah. Well, they all quit. They don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. City of uh, Maine. Look at Maine. It was just in the in the media. Um, eighteen firefighters handed in their pager at a city meeting. Eighteen. Because the city, and I don't know the whole details, but the city administrator um, reversed the decision the chief made, and eighteen of the firefighters said, if if our chief can't make a decision, we don't want to be part of this. Well, if 18 firefighters walked off of our department right now and we're sitting at 24, 25, leaves us with seven, nothing's going to happen. Wow. I mean, it's it's going to put the city in, in, in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you always have to be thinking about that. But now, so let's look at, at the city of Perm now that says we can't get enough volunteers or the city deal cannot get enough volunteers. So now we have to look at paid staff. Well, staff and firefighters to run to these calls, and then obviously we would start helping the ambulance services because we're available. Um, you're going to see budgets that are going from two, three hundred thousand dollars a year to two million. Two million. <laughs> you know, and that ninety times five, and ninety percent of it 10. is going to be wages. Yeah, it's not increasing the gear. It's not increasing the truck. It's paying wages. Mm -hmm. So volunteer fire departments save the taxpayers a ton of money, but we still got to have the money to buy our gear. You know. Yeah, we just cannot take it for granted. We mm -hmm. cannot take for granted that we are protected, and just it's like miraculously coming from what budget. So, okay, so we don't want this to happen, and we don't want to like be negative. Actually, we want to be very. Grateful and yes. positive and thankful that we actually have enough volunteers, but we do want to raise the awareness and maybe we we can find some. But um, so we we also should ask for additional funding to have at least the the gear. You also need to be safe, you guys, right? I mean, like yes. you also <clears throat> need to be safe, saving us mm -hmm. as a community. So you need the proper equipment, whether it be. Uh, clothing and protective gear but also machinery Correct. so is, is there is there a, is there a list is there a small list is there a lot of demand right now where we, where we should improve our equipment our well, stuff one thing is is the uh, um, Minnesota fiscal reporting or financial reporting they posted a deal earlier this year let Minnesota is now the 48th lowest funded state for firefighting. So everything else that this great state does, we don't fund fire departments. Um, compared so, to the rest of the nation. Compared to the rest of the nation. So obviously this throws a lot of controversy out there um, as to why. But, um, you know, eventually we, we, we got to get there. So now when we look at our gear... You know, most people, oh, it's a coat, it's a pant, it's a helmet. It's $3,000 for the coat and the pant. It's $400 for the boot. It's $400 for the helmet. It's $100 for the glove. The hood alone is 100 I just ordered 50 hoods today at 115 bucks a piece for the hoods. Okay, air packs, $15,000 for the breathing system. So as I can see, you're running numbers in your head. You're at $22,000 range per firefighter just for the gear that he's wearing you haven't gotten the trucks we haven't gotten a hose we haven't gotten the axes we haven't gotten the thermal imaging cameras we haven't gotten into airbags or jaws or nothing we're at 
22 to $23,000 per firefighter just for gear that he can walk around in. So it gets to be expensive. Um, it takes a ton of money. Yeah. So part of that gets into, um, and maybe we can dive into that now or later, but is in the, the uh, social media. Social media right now, the news, cancer, 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 cancer and firefighters. And it's a big deal. The buildings, the plastics, everything we buy and build our houses out of are containing plastics. Plastics have chemicals in them. Those chemicals, they get on your skin. They can cause cancer. But there's obviously what they're not pushing is there is a way to prevent this and protect the firefighter. We have uh, the hoods I just bought, 115 bucks a hood. I can buy a $20 hood. It's not going to be a cancer-protecting hood. So I buy the best. I buy the best hoods I can. I want to buy the best gear I can. I want to keep that firefighter as clean and as safe as he possibly can. So I buy the best gear to keep the, the, the carcinogens uh, on his gear, not on his skin. Then we have to wash the gear. So they have to wash the gear in special washers that cost a lot of money just for the washers to extract the chemicals and, and, and take care. And then, and then we also uh, shower within the hour. So as soon as they get out of the smoke and done with the call, they got to hit a shower. We've even taken that to the point of putting uh, body wipes, you know, face wipes, baby wipe type, like a baby wipe, and we carry those on the truck. So that way they can wipe their face, they can wipe their hands, they can wipe their armpits, anywhere where they're sweating to get those chemicals because as you sweat your pores open up those chemicals will go want to go in so we can we from can, the smoke now we're talking from like the smoke at a, at a call yeah yep so, so risky mm. is that's where the that's where the stuff's in is in the smoke so we can we can push all the the bad and firefighters are getting cancer and firefighters are dying of cancer which they are but we're not pushing let there is a way to fix this sure we're protect only, them. Yeah, there's a way to protect them and to minimize this. Um, at the end of the day, we can get cancer from brushing our teeth. I mean, it just yeah. it, it is what it is. But, sure, but, but we can eliminate this and really draw it in. And the one thing, we just had a MinFire, which is really big on uh, cancer awareness, health, and firefighters, that and, and suicide. Um, and the one thing they said, the best thing you can do for, your fi for a volunteer firefighter is a sauna. Oh, yeah. Oh, so they get so they get back, sweat it back out, get them pores opened up, wipe themselves down. Luckily for us in Detroit Lakes, we do have a sauna. I see. And I've heard that before. Yeah. Our, our old thinking was, you know, 35 below, you're outside for five hours, you're cold to the bone. You crank the sauna up. When the guys get back, they stand in there for 10 minutes. It takes the cold out of their skin, out of their, you know, and warms them up. They don't go home and shiver for three hours and then get sick. So we used it for that. Now we're finding there's another uh, use for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, um, after all the the difficult uh, parts coming to operating and actually having, what is all the positive impact? What it, what is it all that we do? I mean, we learned that we fight fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be in city, in rural, or um, in the fields, or, or you call it um, wildfires. Wildland. Land yeah. fires. Yeah. So, but we also go and help uh, uh, in an accident. What do we all? What else do we all do besides the kitten and the tree? But like, so the, so we the <laughs> kitten and the tree we don't really do. Do um, anyone? Okay. The the <coughs> excuse me the uh, 
The cartoon book was, you know, great for getting the kitty out of the tree, but the best right. way to let a kitty come out of a tree is just leave the kitty alone. It'll come down. Right. Um, <laughs> but we have done uh, horses stuck in the swamps oh. um, where a horse will end up in a swamp and they can't get out. We've gone out and pulled horses out of swamps. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when you can't figure out how to get something done and stuff's not going right, they call the fire department. Whether it's a gas line hit, you know, the other day I we uh, we shut down a whole two blocks of the city of Detroit Lakes from a gas line hit because we had high flowing natural gas um, and it was actually getting into homes. So we had to shut some businesses down, had to barricade off a couple sections of town. Mm. Um, and obviously we're doing it to protect people, of you know. Um, so I mean, and what do we do while the gas is flowing? We have to just sit there and wait, protect the area, and and wait it out till the gas company can finally, this time of year, get holes dug in the ground. Find the leak. And, and well, and they have to shut the lines off. They have to pinch them off, shut them off. Um, you know, oh. a lot a lot of these lines in the ground don't have valves, so they actually have to go in there with crimping tools, and pinch the hoses off. So, it so it it takes time. You know. Um, so we do that type of stuff. We do car accidents. Um, car accidents can be anything from the gas tank got, is leaking and somebody needs to clean up the gas spill mm. to uh, obviously it's a major accident and people are pinned in their vehicle and they, they, they need to get out so they can get to the hospital. Um, without the hydraulics and the tools like that, you, I mean, you don't come out. So You're uh, stuck. You're stuck, yes. So that steering wheel will lay right down on your lap and you're not coming out of there. Because you're, you're pinned in. Yes, because you'll be pinned in. And then you have the tools and the equipment to 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 distract, isolate, and, 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 and break it open. But yes, basically we have the equipment that we can uh, tear a car apart. Mm. So we have rams that we can put in there and we can actually uh, push the, 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 the dash. Um, and we can make the dash move up, up a foot, foot and a half away from you, you know. Um, obviously, some people are, are our size. Some people are a lot bigger in today's time. So if we if we if we need more room, we can make more room. Mm. We, with hydraulics and stuff like that, we can make more room. Mm. So, what's with like training? Like I mean, it's fine now. I I volunteer. I'm not even the strongest individual, but how do I learn all that? Is there like training? Obviously, when is that all going to happen? So, um, obviously, being volunteer fire departments, we're not looking for the person that has gone to a, a two-year fire science degree. Um, we're looking for the the young kid that just got a job down the street, whether he's working, you know, at a dealership or working at an office building, a banker, and you know, new, uh, and we're looking for that guy, and then we train him. We hire um, uh, training companies to come in. Uh, right now we're doing a block, it's called block training. So uh, there's companies that'll do this stuff. They come into a, a select fire hall, which they use the city of Detroit Lakes. They use our fire station. Um, we have um, Otter Tails there. So the city of Otter Tail has some guys going there. Um, Vergus does, I think New York Mills has some going. So, so then the other towns will send their new guys to DL, um, and then they get trained. So obviously mm. this takes, oh, quite a while. Um, when I did it, it was two nights a week, four hours a night, 
and it took four to five months. Mm. And then you get certified that you are a firefighter one, firefighter two trained. Mm. And there's no cost to you other than your time. So then you get a, cert- a certificate. So now you are a trained firefighter. Mm. Plus, in the meantime, we meet in DL, we meet every Wednesday. So tonight I'll have my business meeting, and then the rest of the week we train every Wednesday. So there we will train you as we also go. So that way not only are you getting class training with theory and books and the science behind it, but you're also getting a lot of the hands-on and the way, um, you know, everybody has their own little uh, uh, way of doing things. You know, there's a million different ways you can load hose on a truck. Mm. Just because we load it that way in DL doesn't mean that it's going to work in perm. It's so... So then you do those other trainings where you train them. This is why how we do our stuff, um, so that way it, it all flows. Mm. So, so okay, but like you join and then but you get in house training and and then you get certified. Yes, which is which is a gift. I mean, like it's and then you could even if you love it and you want to give back, if you move, you could use that certificate too to work for or like to help other fire departments. <clears throat> yeah, we've actually had, um, we currently have indivi- an individual that came from, I believe, Iowa. And when he came up here, um, he had a certification. So we were able to take his certification and send it to the state. And the state was able to, um, it qualified for the right type of classes. So he, he was he was pre-trained. Mm. Um, so he didn't have to go through classes again. Um, you know, so it's, it's uh uh, a lot of the same stuff in in a lot of areas. So the nice thing is, you live in perm. You go through fire class. Five years down the road, eight years down the road, life makes a turn for you. You have to move to, uh, let's say Hibbing. And so you're living in the town of Chisholm up there. I'm just pulling pulling some names here. You have the, the ability now that you are already trained, you could go to their fire hall and say, hey, I just moved into town. I got a job here. I'm already trained firefighter one, firefighter two. Do you have any openings? They're probably going to open armed you and come on in. Here's your pager. Let's get started, you know, because you've already got the training. You got some background, you're, you know, mm-hmm. and then and, and when you're moving into a new community, what's the best way to get new friends right off the bat and get new acquaintances? Then join in a volunteer group, mm. you know. Mm. So, yeah, no, I, I agree, I agree. So, do you have like, um, if some people are interested, can they just come by any Wednesday, or is it like the first Wednesday of the month? So, it's like a little orientation or open house. Do you, do you welcome uh, interested people any Wednesday evening? Is it six to nine, or what's what's your schedule? <coughs> so, our business meeting is. Seven, we everything starts at 7:30. Our training starts at 7:30. Our business meeting starts at 7:30. So um, that's when those things take place. But if you're driving down the street and you see a garage door open at a fire hall, whether it's DL, Perm, Frazee, Vergas, I mean any any city in the state, if that's where you live, any in the nation, if it's a volunteer organization, if the garage door is up, stop in. Every, every firehouse is willing to talk to somebody. They want to talk to you. Um, you know, they'll, we all like showing our stuff off, so we'll be more than happy to show you our equipment. And if it if it's a fit, like we have applications at the fire hall, we can hand you an application, fill it out if you want to leave it with me. I'll turn it into the city, 
you know, and we, we get the, we get some, something moving. Um, so in the city of Detroit Lakes, obviously, you know, wintertime, the doors are closed. Um, but if you drive by and there's uh, vehicles there, uh, stop in, use mm -hmm. the back door. Cause that's the one we leave open or unlocked, mm -hmm. but the, and, uh, walk in, introduce yourself. Um, you know, everybody's, you know, they are going to point you in direction of the chief or a chief officer and, and, you know, or you can just, it, if, if you want to talk to them, they're more than happy to talk to you. So, um, you know, it's, it's, again, it's one way, if you're new to a community, uh, how to meet, new, how, new how to meet new people. And, uh, and I mean, from, from bankers to construction guys, um, you know, a colorful bunch, it's, it's, it's just a, a wide variety. You do know. we have female firefighters? We do. Good. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, it's an exhausting job, and, and like I mean it. I mean, I am too weak probably, but like so we have it's there's there's also there's male and female people that are volunteering and working. Yep. That's right. Yep. Cool. Cool. Yep. Okay. So, so it's not it's not only for men. Correct. <laughs> it's not not a only close that's club. What, that's why we, I say members and I say firefighters. No, no, so, no. I'm just yeah, clarifying. So yeah. So I mean, it's uh, we've in in DL we've had uh, we've. Uh, we have our, our first female firefighter and she is still current and active. Um, we've had some other ones that have applied and we've put them on and then uh, the one moved back to Wisconsin mm. and then the other one, she moved out of town too. I don't remember where she went. So, I mean, obviously they moved for job reasons. Uh, the one the one in Wisconsin, she went to work on a, on a politician campaign. So, I mean, uh, good for her. She likes to argue. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but yeah, and you know, so I mean, we've we've had three three females throughout the Detroit Lakes. Um, good. You know, and yeah, we still we still have one. So it really comes down to um, who's interested and who who's interested. It. And 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 <clears throat> you're right, Dirk. You you have to at least you know be able to to do stuff. You have to be able to start a chainsaw. You know, you you have to be able to swing an axe. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of upper body strength um, type stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, and, but at the end of the day, there's, there's nothing saying that, that uh, men, women, whatever, it's, it's. No, yeah. but it's exhausting. I mean, that's also, if you, in the, you need to have some sort of strength. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mentally too, because I think we, um, there's also trauma. I mean, I actually am so hesitant to, I'm not really the best in seeing blood and stuff. So I mm -hmm. think it's very, very, we don't even want to think about what the firefighters are confronted with when it becomes um, to an emergency situation. So you also need to be mentally very strong, I understand. And I, and you know, trauma, like it's, it can well, be, it's heavy stuff. It, it is heavy stuff. It's, uh, you, you have to have some, some coping skills and stuff like that. But the one thing I will say to that is the fire service has changed. It used to be, you're a tough guy. Deal with it, suck it up, we don't talk about it. The dirtier your equipment is, the stronger you are. You go into the hotter fire stuff like that, well then those are, you, those are the guys getting cancer. The mental side of it is, you know, times have changed. People have changed. Society has changed. Um, so we have we, debrief and we have, we, 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 have we, we now have debrief like so the city of Detroit Lakes which has done a, an, an absolute awesome job in my mind um, they have a contract with the village uh -huh. that is fully um, full disclosure 
if a member has has something that they don't want to talk to me or another captain or another firefighter they can go to the village just walk in you know obviously that to identify themselves so they know it's a who you know a city um, employee and there's no cost to the firefighter the city absorbs all the cost there's also men fire men fire in the state of Minnesota is open to any firefighter there's the 1-800 number you give them a call they'll talk to you on the phone if it's something that um, they feel needs to be extended, they will send somebody to come see you. So, and obviously debrief you. I mean, from counselors to to um, psychiatrists. Um, you know, mm-hmm. um, obviously we had a tragedy in in Detroit Lakes not that long ago. Um, so we had men fire come down and uh, um, and talk to obviously to the whole department and and they're not they're they're sending people down that their husbands are in the fire service or they are were retired in the fire service or so they're they're sending people down that are trained in the fire service so they understand what the firefighter is going through they're connected and have they're experience. connected and they have the experience but they're also trained in how to help you process mm. so they're pro- professionals correct mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. Oh, oh. so so the whole the whole thing there is yeah you have to hold your composure you have to do your job but at the end of the day, if it's not sitting well with you, we need to get you help. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and we need your help too. We need help. Uh, uh, you're good that you're helped, but uh, I think we can only invite uh, whoever is interested to come to any open door, yes. uh, open bay. And but also on Wednesdays, uh, don't be shy at 7:30 p.m. Uh, to 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 join uh, if they're really interested. And uh, I hope that we are able to to fill the gap of uh, five missing uh, members to support our fire department in the Detroit Lakes area. And um, yeah, I very much appreciate that you took the time to help us understand um, the responsibilities and the work that you actually do. Is there anything I missed asking or was there something that you thought, you know what, I want to pass that out or did we cover the story quite well, you think? Uh, I think we covered a lot of things. Um, You know, obviously, and like we were talking initially about trucks. So, what do you think a new ladder truck costs? A new ladder truck? Yeah. Beyond half a million. So, probably $639,000. 1.3. Really? Double what I just guessed. An engine, a pumper truck, is a half a million dollars. Wow. Just the truck. That's no gear. No gear. That's just the truck. So, the stuff's expensive. Yeah. And And we um, need it. And we need it, you know? Yeah. So, no, I... And we're hard on it. I mean, it... It, it they don't have a lot of miles you go to a lot of communities the trucks don't have a lot of miles but it shows i mean they do get worked so well unfortunately but yeah so no i think this was very interesting and uh, those numbers uh, may open somebody's eyes and i think we should totally uh, think about how much help we receive through mm-hmm. a fire department in the community and how much help we should actually give in that direction too yeah, um, so you are located on Highway f- uh, 10, that is, right? When you enter town, uh, I don't know the house number, but it's pretty visible. It's when you come over the bridge from the west side and roll down into the downtown corridor on the right-hand side, yep. south side of Highway 10. Right next to the new white drug. Yeah, right there, yeah. exactly, across the street from the Arvik building there in that area. Yep. So, yeah, well, thank you again for coming. and. Um, 
I hope not to see you very soon at a rescue situation, but uh, nevertheless, hope to see you soon. Well, thanks for the invite, Dirk. It's good to see you again. Thank you. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh-huh.